Hi and welcome to another podcast. Today I want to talk a little bit about our discomfort crisis and how it's so important uh, to understand that discomfort is a part of growth. Over these 2.5 million years, our ancestors' lives were innately intertwined with discomfort. Today, more than ever, we are intertwined with comfort, but we feel it as discomfort because we don't know what discomfort is. These people constantly were exposed to elements, whereas we have air conditioning and we have heating systems, etc. It was either too hot, too cold for them, too dry, too windy, or too snowy outside. The only escape from the weather was a very ordinary shelter, like a cold, damp cave with bats and rats, or a hole dug in the ground roofed with twigs or animal skin. Today we have beautiful houses and if we have bugs we get bug eradication. Or some other crude structure that provided enough shelter for these people even if it wasn't a cave. But today as I said most of us live around you know 21 degrees to 72 degrees Fahrenheit experiencing weather only during a few minutes when we walk across a car park or get out of our cars, go into a building or subway or so on and so forth. 93% of the time in America and in a lot of Asian countries, are we in climate control? Are we inside? We have developed inside systems. So often in early humans, they were all hungry. The hunters and gatherers, they lived similarly to our earliest ancestors in tribes such as the Hadza Tanzanian tribe. It's so important to understand that hunger is not a bad thing. And for those people, it wasn't a mindless hunger. They came from watching food to creating a plan to hunt food to then being able to utilize that food a hundred percent and not wasting any of that beautiful animal or berries or something that they hunted but for us ours is mindless hunger we see tv ads we watch food network and we experience a hunger but we're not even hungry so often we are making sure our diet is perfect, talking about nutrition, but early humans did not have constant effortless access to certain foods. Like I said, they either had to walk miles, dig up things, hunt, pick things out of trees. They were constantly in a process of trying to find their food. Nearly 80% of the Neanderthals' bones show signs that their owner had either been outright killed by animals or some type of hurt by animals. Today, we don't even have to go out of our house. We can simply order, like where in Thailand you can have grab and they bring it to your doorstep or buy an app. We don't even understand what it's like not only not to have hunger, but how to even find food and deal with the issues of finding food. Ours is all wrapped in plastics and 
everything is there and if we don't have a piece of cutlery or it's not the right temperature, we complain. When our ancestors were searching for food or getting pummeled by Mastonians, they had long moments of downtime lounging around for hours. They had to make something of their boredom. These people allowed their minds to wander and had to get creative and rely on another for entertainment. But for us, we run out of things to talk about and we get bored and we complain even though we have access to 24-7 technology these days. We're still bored or disheartened and we're lonely because we don't interact. In the 1920s, when the radio was broadcast to the masses, this was a full-time experience. Escape from boredom for most people, the first time. Then came the big TV in the 1950s. In June 29th, 2007, boredom was dead with phones. We don't even know what boredom is anymore because of the deep social connections. No longer exist, but they're inside our phones instead. The thing about our ancestors though, when they weren't doing nothing, our ancestors were working hard. For example, they had to exercise 14 times more than the average American. They moved fast and hard for two hours and 20 minutes a day. But this is just life, not called exercise. Early humans walk or ran miles for water and food. In fact, the reason the human body is built that way, with the arch feet, long leg tendons, sweat glands and more, is because we evolved to run down prey. We chase and track animals for miles and miles and topple over from exhaustion. And the animal would too. We'd kill it, we'd butcher it, and we'd carry it back to camp. When prey was too heavy, we'd ask someone for help. The ancestors faced a lot of stress. If they didn't find food, they died. If a lion decided they were hungry, then that was that. If they got too far away from water, they died. If they tripped and fractured their leg, they often died. Sure, we as modern humans have stress. More stress than ever before, some psychological associational studies say. But we don't suffer the types of acute stress. Most of us don't even know what physical stress is, truth of real exhaustion and hunger, lifting heavy loads, wild temperatures, etc. We do, however, suffer mental stress. Mental stress of things that aren't really considered stressing back in the day, but we do suffer from mental stress, like wondering where our next meal is coming from is not one of them. The COVID-19 pandemic is probably the first time that we had a real realization, however, of what stress was. 
Because stress for us these days is often we're late to a yoga class, traffic jams, maybe a spreadsheet isn't going so well. It's first world stress. It's a very different notion to those stresses of our ancestors. Even some of the poorest people in countries don't have the stress that our ancestors have. Not to say again that we don't have stress, but there is a catch. Our ancestors dealt with so much discomfort. There were many things that didn't, they didn't deal with. Namely, the most pressing problems with modern culture are facing right now. Problems that are making many of our lives unhealthier and less than they could be. Thanks to modern medicine, of course, the average person is, yes, living longer than ever. But sadly, the data shows that the majority of us are living a greater portion of our years in ill health. Let's say that again, a greater portion of our years in ill health, popped up by medicines and machines. A lifespan might be up, but the health span and mental health happiness is down. Many of people, let's say in America, 30% are obese. And around 8% are extremely obese. That makes a collective of nearly 70% heavy. Nearly a third of that population has diabetes and pre-diabetes. More than 40 million Americans have mobility issues that hinder them from getting from point A to point B. Heart disease kills a quarter of them. And these are all medical issues that were non-existent until the 20th century. People today are suffering more and more from disease of despair, depression, anxiety, addiction and suicide. Overdose, deaths in the last two decades are up more than threefold. Many people are more likely to kill themselves than ever before. Evidence suggests that suicide didn't happen throughout nearly all the human history. In a graduating class of 400, there is a loss of anywhere between one and three people each year to overdose or suicide. So we may not have to deal with discomforts like working for our food and moving hard and heavy, lifting each day, feeling hungry and exposed to elements, but we do have to deal with side effects of our comfort, long-term physical and mental problems. We lack physical struggles, like having to work for our livelihoods. We have too many ways to numb, like comfort food, cigarettes, pills, drugs, smartphones, TVs. We are detached from things that make us feel happy and alive. The connection being in the natural world, effort and perseverance. It's leaving you some time to think about this. Comforts and convenience are great, but they haven't always moved the ball downfield in our most important metric, happy, healthful years.
Consequences of this comfort crisis have caused us to miss profound human experiences. There are conditions and humans evolved to live in experiences we weren't meant to have that are no longer germane to our lives. This undoubtedly changed us, but often not for the best. Now why I bring this up is because what we need to understand is that it's really important to know that for any growth or any happiness in fact, we need to understand that we need discomfort. So many of us say it's hard, but it's hard to be unhealthy and it's hard to be healthy. It's hard to do meditation or work on our mental health, but it's hard to live with anxiety and depression. It's hard, life is hard, but it can be good. It's so important to understand discomfort is actually a gift. We're benefiting so much from having beautiful, better lives, but we also need to benefit in a sense that we feel well and happy. And to do that, we need to get more uncomfortable again. We need to understand that discomfort is actually a gift. The comfort that creeps in and stops us living is actually killing us or hurting us or leaving us with more health conditions. So perhaps it's about time we all started to realise that those instant fixes and quick fixes and easy streets come with consequences too. Because Today's comfort is tomorrow's discomfort. This leads us to a new level of what's considered comfortable. See, stairs were once a new marvel of efficiency. But then why take them after the escalator? It's because we need those movement patterns in our body to be healthy, to bring mobility. So when you're going through your day-to-day -day process, look at your choices of efficiency or comfort and see if you can take a little bit more discomfort into your life. You'll be surprised how it will benefit you. After you get over that discomfort, there will be benefits there that are ready to shine and give you a gift. Today's comfort is tomorrow's discomfort.